We kick off our series of breaking down camp battles position by position way too early with the offensive line on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Levels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Levels. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications. Shout out to the everydayers who are here every day. Remember to follow me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Levels to stay in touch with everything going on with Locked on Sun Devils. All right. As promised last week, we are getting started on our position-by-position breakdowns for both the offensive and defensive side of the football as we get ready to head into the summer and we continue to speculate on all sorts of good stuff. There's going to be plenty to talk about. Don't worry. We will be keeping you up to date on everything that's going on. But for now, I think it's time that we do a very early look at the positional camp battles that we're going to be seeing during training camp this upcoming August. So, and end of July too. Looking at Arizona State Sun Devils roster, uh, we're going to start with the offensive line where there's a lot of competition and very few, if any, guarantees on this on this spot on the roster right now. And we're not going to be looking at tackles and guards and centers individually. We're grouping them all together. And we're going to start with the projected starting five lineup we're going to look at some depth later on, and then we're going to do an overall look at just kind of who we're going to be looking out for, what the battles are going to be, so on and so forth. So funny enough, we start with OurLands.com as they laid out their starting five, and I didn't even mean to do this. I actually, believe it or not, did my projected starting five before I went to OurLands.com. It ended up being the exact same thing. I highlighted a handful of guys I'm going to be paying attention to, but if you want a visual, you can go to rlands.com and take a look at the Sun Devils uh, projected, uh, what's called depth chart right now. But my depth chart that I predicted, goodness gracious, starting from left tackle all the way to right tackle in that order. Isaiah Glass, Ben Coleman, Leif Fontanu, Joey Ramos, Aaron Frost. Those are my projected starting five. Honestly, I don't hate it. In fact, I think that if Ben Coleman and Aaron Frost are like 100% good to go, this could be a serviceable unit. And keep in mind, I have been a pretty harsh guy when it has come to talking about the offensive line. But I look at this group and like, I don't hate it. I, I think that it could be solid. In fact, I think that some guys could take some really nice steps forward. And it starts with Isaiah Glass. Now, it's no secret. Anyone who knows me, on the mic or off the mic, I have been very critical of Isaiah Glass. And I think that he has needed a a learning curve in order to really take that next step as a starting left tackle and the anchor of the offensive line, the most important spot. According to the Draft Network, who was at some kind of offensive line training camp where Isaiah Glass and Aaron Frost were both in attendance. Glass looked very good. 
according to the draft network. And those are guys that are paying attention to draft prospects and glass is going to be a junior. So he's going to be officially eligible for the 2024 NFL draft. Should he decide to declare after this year? Apparently he has looked really good. He's refining his technique and he's becoming a much better player. I'm here for it. Okay. I think people kind of get caught up in like you, you want to, say something negative about a player and you have to commit to that opinion. Like we should be allowed to have fluid opinions. We should be allowed to change our mind as things progress. We should be allowed to say, you know what? What I said at the time is just not who this person is anymore. They've grown, they've become a better player, or maybe you were just flat out wrong. Like we should be allowed to organically develop our feelings. And my feelings for glass are changing. If he is able to continue building upon that, and that's going to be my little my my little like hold back for glass there is I want to see him continue to do it. not just at not at camps. I want to see it during training camp and training sessions. I want to see it on the field that he has gotten better. We'll get there. But hearing positive things about Isaiah Glass is obviously very, very encouraging. Aaron Frost was another guy in attendance. He was very well received. And funny enough, he is actually one of the guys that I am most excited about on this offensive line between him and Ben Coleman, who we'll talk about in just a moment. Frost was recovering from some kind of injury. I don't know if it was ever disclosed. I was just informed that uh, he he was getting over something and getting back into shape. He's a grad senior coming from Nevada. He was very solid at Nevada. He was an all-conference player. He's coming to Arizona State. He looked good in this camp as well with Isaiah. And he will be the right tackle until further notice. Gives you bookends. Love to see it for whoever is going to be the quarterback of this team. You absolutely have to have that kind of depth for your team. And you have to have those quality starting guys on the outside. Now, moving inside, Ben Coleman is definitely the guy I'm most excited for. Transfer from Cal, a consistently underrated player in the Conference of Champions being the Pac-12. I think that Coleman is going to be one of the most important players here because he's got the tall task of replacing Ladarius Henderson, who was an all-conference player during his time with Arizona State, has moved on to Michigan where they're going to turn him into a first-round pick knowing their track record with developing guys. But Ben Coleman is going to be a very important, very heavily relied upon guy on the interior of the line to make sure that everything is stabilized. And yes, he is a left guard on on the uh, on the depth chart right now, but I still think that Ben Coleman is going to be one of the most important pieces on the line because he's got the consistency, he's got the veteran leadership, and he's got the play to be able to elevate the guys around him. Lee Fontanu, very interesting player, transferring from UNLV. I walked away from camp not being able to watch Ben Coleman, not being able to watch Aaron Frost. Most impressed with Lee Fontanu. I thought he looked like one of the more consistent, one of the more sturdy guys on the offensive line. I think that if there was a strength for a unit that did struggle entirely, I mean, we can call spade a spade. Fontanu did not look like part of the part part of the problem that was present at the time. So you're going to be plugging him into the interior of the line. He's going to be a starter for you. Uh, for what it's worth, he's a redshirt junior, so he can he can play two years here at Arizona State. Uh, as I mentioned, Glass is a junior, and both Coleman and Frost were grad seniors. But Fontanu has a chance to be able to 
stay here for at least a couple of years, continue developing and becoming a rock-solid center. But I think he's already there in terms of being rock-solid. Finally, the last guy to mention here is Joey Ramos, redshirt senior. He missed almost the entirety of last year after getting injured in week one against NAU. Uh, I firmly remember that Herm Edwards said it wasn't a big deal and he would be back. And he ended up getting, you know, down for the year. So I think that he is another one of those like plug and play guys. I do like Joey Ramos quite a bit. And I think that he's one of the easier guys to slot into this offensive line. I think right now it feels like Coleman, Ramos, and potentially Aaron Frost are like the easiest to slot in. And then Isaiah Glass and Lee Fontanu just make too much sense. So even though my starting five was the same as Arlands, I made mine before looking. I felt really good about this. I felt like this was pretty much the order that it should be with the depth that we're going to talk about here in just a second. Arlands seems to agree. But bottom line, this feels like a quality starting five. I do not, I I don't disdain it as much as I would have a month or even two months ago. I actually look at this unit and I'm like, it's not bad. It's not as bad as maybe I thought it was. Mainly because you have Coleman and Frost coming back for sure. I mean, having two of your starting five offensive linemen who are quality grad senior guys back is always going to be a nice boon for you. But bottom line, even across or aside from those guys, I do like Glass, Fontanu, Ramos. If Glass truly is progressing, this offensive line is going to get a really nice boost in talent because Glass has the has the the body type and the physique to become a left tackle. It's just a matter of getting there. If he is, in fact, making that progress, this is going to take a solid line into an above-average line. All in all, I don't hate the starting five, though. But I do need to talk to you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. Look, if you are if you need a delicious snack and you don't want the sugar and calories, then you have to get the best-tasting protein bar ever. It's Built. you got to try this. If you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just the thing for you. It's Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. you got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. You heard me right, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors too, like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, and more. I don't know how Built does it but they make these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is they're healthy. It's just 130 calories. It's just four grams of sugar, but they have a whopping 17 grams of protein. And the best part, you don't have to wait around for a box anymore. You know, for years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get those specialty flavors online at Built.com. You heard me right. Go to your nearest Walmart today. Go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a four-box cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you're closer to Sam's Club, run in, get a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. Get yourself a great-tasting protein bar. Get yourself the difference with Built Bar. You got to try this. Special shout-out to my everydayers who are every here, or who are here every day. On tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast, we continue our series a position group by position group breakdowns, turning it to the backfield and looking at the running backs. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for that. All right, let's talk about some depth here. I did not highlight every single player on the roster. Hate me if you have to. 
it would take a long time to get through the dozen plus offensive linemen that are on this roster. I talked about the starting five. I will be talking about six players in particular that stand out to me. This is not a shot at the guys I don't mention. This is not to say they aren't worthy of conversation. It's just right now, these are the main guys that I think are the are the like next next guys up. If one of the guys gets injured from those starting five, these are the six guys I would expect to be called up next. That's what this list is. Don't hate me. You can hate me if you want, but just understand if, if I don't talk about your brother or your son or anything like that, it's nothing personal. This is a very early preview. I'm sure closer to the season, I will be talking about just about everyone, but it's very preliminary. So bear with me. That being said, key depth guys, I highlighted six guys here. The first guy is Emmett Bully. Now, Bully was on the team last year as a, as a depth piece. He was a transfer. He was able to uh, return to the team for his graduate senior year. And he, he is once again looking like one of the depth guys. But to me, if there was a guy to highlight here as like the sixth offensive lineman, it's probably Bully. When Arizona State wants to roll out heavy packages with six offensive linemen, I think that Bully needs to be the first guy that they that they call. First of all, even though his name's not spelled B-U-L-L-Y, it's spelled B-O-H-L-E. That was informed by his family. It's Bully. If I misunderstood, I do apologize to the Bully or Bull family. I'm 99% positive it's Bully. Anyways, he he was one of those guys. I feel like he didn't get too much of an opportunity if he got any opportunity last year. And it, it's, his, it's his determination to stay with this team and to eventually get an opportunity to maybe prove some people wrong, prove that he is more than a valuable depth piece, and potentially get a starting spot, just depending on what happens. None of the five guys I listed should be guarantees. Ben Coleman should be a guarantee. The other four guys should be in a competition. Emmett Bully should be one of the guys who's breathing down their necks. I really like him. I encourage you guys to like him too. We'll wait and see. Now, another guy I really, really like is Bram Walden. He's the transfer from Oregon. He's a redshirt sophomore. I think he is one of the future pieces on this offensive line. I think that even though he has a like very literal redshirt to his name already, I think he's going to take a, a figurative redshirt with Arizona State. And they're going to take some time developing him behind the scenes before they throw him into the starting lineup next year. As there's going to be, based off of my starting five, three potential sp- uh, starting gigs. And the other two guys could declare as well. Like, this could be a brand new starting offensive line in 2024 from top to bottom. At a minimum, based off of my starters, there's going to be three spots. And I expect Walden to be competing for one of those. Rlands.com lists, lists him as the backup left tackle to Isaiah Glass right now. I think that this is probably the ideal situation for him is to let him develop behind Glass, who apparently has taken steps forward, and then eventually have him become the starter. Next up, Ben Bray. Bray got a lot of action last year throughout the offensive line thanks to a variety of injuries. He's a redshirt junior. Like I said, he got some starting time last year. I think that him and Joey Ramos are probably going to have some competition for the right guard spot on the team. 
He's also got a chance to push Lee Fontanu for the center role. But the bottom line here is Bray's got some versatility to move throughout the interior of the offensive line. He's going to be one of the top guys that I call on here when I need either a replacement or some kind of like uh, in injury ne next guy to step up kind of role. Ben Bray is going to be one of the first guys I call. I think that he is one of the more important depth pieces on this team. I did highlight Emmett Bully as my sixth offensive lineman, but I will tell you that if it comes to needing depth on the interior, any of those three spots, I feel like Ben Bray could potentially be a plug and play guy for you. I kind of went back and forth between him and Joey Ramos. And I do think that he will push Lee Fontanu if he does not take that step forward that he showed during during uh, uh, spring practice and everything. I do like Ben Bray. Next is a couple of uh, junior college transfers. You got Matt Ionaker and Kyle Scott. Now, Ionaker is coming from East Los Angeles College, and Scott is coming from Riverside CC. Again, junior college kids, they're both true juniors, so they'll have two years of eligibility. Ionaker is projected right now as the backup left guard, and Kyle Scott is projected as the third string left tackle. These are guys that I think are going to take a similar role to what Emmett Bully had last year as primary depth guys that maybe you kind of stash and throw them out there their senior years. I don't expect them to get thrown into the lineup. That might be for the best just to get them accustomed to that next level. Last guy I want to talk about here before we go into our last break is Sean Na. He is a true freshman. I feel like he probably highlights the group. There's a handful of guys that are coming in. I don't know too much about him to the point where I'm not sure it's, if it's just nah or nah. -ah. So if someone can educate me, I would very much appreciate it. He's going to be one of the key guys that is going to probably see like a red shirt year, maybe potentially put him on the scouting team and overall just get him ready for a future role. I don't know that him or any of the other freshmen that are on this roster are going to get massive opportunities this year. I feel like this is going to be very much a heavily driven uh, senior or junior-led offensive line. I don't see a lot of freshmen. I don't even really see a lot of sophomores getting some opportunities here. This is going to be an offensive line in year one of Kenny Dillingham that is going to look to field the five best guys, and not just the five best, but also the five most experienced and the, the five guys that have the most, mm, I, I guess like a high floor is what I'm trying to get at. You don't know what you got with Sean. You don't know what you got. With some of the other freshmen on the roster, uh, Matt, Matt, uh, Cater, Cater Garris, I'm not 100% sure. Redshirt, uh, freshman, uh, Colby, Colby Garvin, redshirt sophomore. Like, there's other guys on here. Austin Berry's a redshirt sophomore. Like, there's younger guys here that I just don't know that are going to get too much of an opportunity because I truly think that Kenny is going to be interested in just getting the five best slash most proven guys out there right now as they try to adjust to a new quarterback, a new system, a new era of Arizona State Sun Devils football. I think that's the right thing to do. I think it's a smart thing to do. Give it some time to develop these guys. I do think we'll see them eventually. I just don't know that 2023 is going to be that year. Guys, I would be remiss if I did not tell you about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. They got a little bit of everything. They got overs. They got unders. Futures. 
that you can build your own parlay or you can take these sponsored parlays. Whatever you do, there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get your no-sweat first bet. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. One more time, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to Locked on Sun Devils. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe. For my everydayers that are here every day, the running backs positional battle is tomorrow. Make sure you tune in for that as we go through Cameron Scadaboo, DeCarlos Brooks, and the rest of the guys as well. Final closing thoughts. I really like my starting five here, and I don't think there's too much, like, not so much competition. That's not the right word. I don't think there there's too many other orders that I would line this up in. Like I said, if if I had to change, if I had to change something, I think that I would change um, Ben Bray and Joey Ramos. I think I would just kind of flip them right there. Other than that, I think that this is a pretty solidified group. You could also do Ben Bray and Lee Fontani. Bottom line, if if you subbed someone out, you would be subbing Ben Bray in to be the starter there. Isaiah Glass is just too much of a veteran at this point, and apparently he's improving, and if he is improving, then yeah, you absolutely have to have him out there. No ifs, ands, or buts. Aaron Frost, Ben Coleman, those are veteran dudes who have been very good players at their respective schools. You need to replace some guys on this offensive line. You need to have proven talent. Because of that, I feel like Coleman and Frost are the biggest locks on here. More than Glass, more than anybody else. Coleman, Frost, lock him in. Coleman at left guard, Frost at right tackle. Fontanu is going to go neck and neck with Ben Bray. Again, like I already said, it should be between those two for the center spot. I don't know that you even truly have another center on this roster. Should be between the two of them. And Joey Ramos, if he's back and 100% healthy, I feel like he's probably the plug and play at right guard, but I could also see a situation where there's a little bit more competition with some of these guys that you're bringing in. Uh, maybe you get creative, you know. Uh, Bram Walden listed as a left tackle, but could you potentially try and get him out there as just a bigger guard? I don't know. Like, I I think what you need to do is go in with an open mind on this offensive line and have the mentality of start your best five. Don't worry too much about locking and pigeonholing guys into positions. Now, if you have a very small guy, you don't want him at right tackle, obviously. That definitely comes with limitations. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you just need to have this mentality of making sure that no matter what you try and do, you're putting your best foot forward at all five spots with brand new quarterbacks, with brand new running backs, with brand new coaching. The offensive line stability is going to truly determine a lot about the success of Arizona State in the 2023 season. These starting five are so much more important than we realize, which is one of the reasons that I was so adamant about talking about them and wanting to highlight that these guys needed to improve. I look at this line, I, I truly do think I've turned a corner on it. I don't I don't nearly find myself as stressed out about it as I did previously. I think that this is a much better unit than I initially gave it credit for. Now, am I still worried? Of course, because of these guys that are coming back, 
of the starting five I'm projecting, Isaiah Glass is the only one from last year who had significant time. Ramos was injured. Coleman, Fontanu, Frost were all transfers. Look at the depth. Emmett Bully did not get a lot of time last year. Bram Walden, transfer. Ian Aker and Scott are junior college kids. Sean Nah, freshman. Um, ben Bray was the only other guy on this roster who really had significant playing time here. So naturally, it's going to be a very stressful unit to take a look at. But I truly do think that I do not find myself as stressed out as I did previously. Am I stressed out? Yes, because it's just one of the biggest unknowns on this roster. It could be a very quality line, or it could be arguably the worst in the Pac-12. We'll wait and see. But I am willing to take that step forward and say it was probably a bit of an overreaction. We'll wait and see. For all we know, that defensive line could just be that good. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to be somebody who is constantly tearing guys down, and I don't want to be somebody who's perceived as a ne- as a negative influence on these players because these players do watch these podcasts, and they do notice my tweets, and they do notice not just me but other people that are talking about them. And these these are young kids, you know? These are 18 to 23, 24-year-olds. Like, they need to be built up more than they get taken down. And I think that I was definitely in the wrong on being a little too negative. So I I do apologize for anyone that I might have been too harsh on. I think that this is the kind of constructive criticism that we can all build on. And I think that I will be able to move forward with a little more positivity. Because again, when when I sit down and actually take a look, I'm like, you know, this really isn't as bad as maybe I thought it was. So we'll see. I don't hate this group. I just have a lot of questions. We'll see what happens. Bottom line, it's it's not it's not as bad as I had initially thought. What do you guys think of the offensive line? Who would be your starting five? Who do you like to be a sleeper to potentially be a starter or be part of the future of the offensive line? Let me know on Twitter at RichieBrats36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Leave a comment on YouTube. Let me know wherever you're getting your podcasts. Make sure that you hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications. I will see you guys tomorrow. That's all that I have for you today on this edition of the Locked on Sunnibals podcast. We'll be talking running backs tomorrow, so tune in. But until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sunnibals.